Hi, this is Ananda, president of the Hare Krishna community near Washington, D.C. What follows is a Sunday talk recorded at our temple. Every Sunday we invite the public for meditation, a talk, and a vegetarian lunch. We'd love for you to join us. More information is available at iskonofdc.org. That's I-S-K-C-O-N of D-C dot org. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy the talk. So, uh, welcome again. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Ananda. I'm the community president here. Um, I was born and raised in Ireland, one out of seven children. I had a, uh, my father was a general in the Irish army, uh, but my mother was really the general at home. <laughs> put the fear of God in, in all of us. Um, so over the years, I connected with Krishna and then ended up uh, 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 being very involved in this tradition. Uh, I loved, most of you have heard our wedding story, but uh, we went to Ireland to do a wedding along with the wedding we had in India and um, because my mother wasn't able to come to India. And so my father went to the priest and said, well, she's Irish Catholic, he's New York Jewish, and they're both Krishna devotees. Will you marry them, father, in the church? So he thought for a few seconds and he said, ah, yeah, sure, why not? So um, uh, 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 an interfaith family to start with. All right, so today we're going to take a look at fear, and we're going to take a look at it particularly uh, from the Bhagavad Gita, which is uh, the foundational book for our practice of bhakti and was translated, uh, this particular edition, Bhagavad Gita, as it is translated by the founder of ISKCON, who has the seat of honor in the temple, uh, that's Srila Prabhupada. When I was in college, I had a friend, and she seemed really fearless to me. She would say things like, I can't wait till I die so I can find out what's on the other side. And in my mind, I would be thinking, holy Maloney, uh, how is she so fearless? And how am I so fearful? Of course, she had other fears, and I have my fears, and we all have fears. Um, some of our fears are from childhood, temporary kind of fears. I remember uh, growing up with a, the switch of the light by the door and I had to make it to the bed uh, without something coming out from under the bed grabbing me in the dark. Uh, we didn't have table lights in Ireland at that time. But um, now I don't have that problem. Although I, I, I do sleep with extra lights if my husband and son are traveling, I'll be I'll be honest, I still have some fears. But um, some fears we seem to be born with. Um, some fears are trauma. We have them after we experience some trauma. Some fears are, you know, we have food fears and, and, and food allergies. Sometimes we'll have a fleeting fear if we, if we miss, we just manage to miss hitting a car while we're driving perhaps or something. And some people deliberately create fears by going to watch horror movies. I won't ask any of you if you do that. But um, So fears are everywhere. If you Google fear, uh, it'll come up with a top 10 list of fears. And interestingly, and, and a lot of lists, the, the, the top fear is the fear of public speaking. Um, and 
Then they'll have other fears like fears of height or fears of small spaces. Uh, fears of death and dying come around fifth. So um, it, just an interesting spread of fears, but it, all of them, all fear leads back to this sense of loss, a fear of loss, a fear of loss of life, a fear of pain, or a fear of suffering. So we're going to take a look at some of that today. And not all fear is bad. Um, uh, fear can be very good for us to protect us, but it can also be overdone. It can become unhealthy, and we can also fear the wrong things. So where does fear come from? We're introduced to fear in the first chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, where Arjuna openly expresses his fear. He is about to engage in this battle, and he's a fighter by nature. So he wasn't fearful of dying, and he wasn't even fearful of pain, but he was very fearful of the outcome of the battle. And he was very fearful of the impact that battle was going to have on society and on families. And he was also extra fearful because a lot of his respected elders and teachers were on the other side. And he really feared the offense of, of, of harming or killing or, or injuring them. So he, um, he spoke with Krishna, which is, which is basically the Bhagavad Gita circles around um, life and living and death and dying and the fears that can gather around us uh, while, we, while we try to do that. Um, and so I'm going I'm to mention three of the main causes of fear that Krishna tells us about in the Bhagavad Gita. And the first one is that Krishna created it. He says it's one of the qualities of the living entity that he creates, fear and fearlessness. In, in the 10th chapter, there's uh, a, a couple of verses together, verses 4 and 5, and Krishna lead, um, uh, lists intelligence, forgiveness, truthfulness, um, birth, death, fear, fearlessness. He lists about 12 to 15 qualities, and all these various qualities, he says, are created by me alone. We also share fear with animals, the sense of fear with animals. There's four things that we share with every living being, every living entity, um, eating, sleeping, mating, and defending or fearing, because we will defend ourselves or protect ourselves from the things we're afraid of. So these are the, these are the basic struggle um, Krishna teaches us in the Gita, that, that fear is just part of our DNA. We have it. Um, the other main way that Krishna teaches that we have fear, or fear is caused, he says, fear is caused by our absorption in the illusory energy. Illusion, maya, that which is not. And this comes from a famous verse in the 11th canto. Now, the Srimad Bhagavatam is, the Gita is the first book. It's got 700 verses that everybody should read. And then the second set of books got 18,000 verses. And that's the Srimad Bhagavatam. And there are so many verses in all of those about fear. But this one particular one in the 11th canto says, Fear arises when a living entity misidentifies himself as the material body. 
because, and we do this because of absorption in the ex external illusory energy of the Lord. So Krishna creates fear, but it's, we, we live it or we feel it through this illusory energy of the Lord, the material energy. When the living entity, the verse continues, thus turns away from the Supreme Lord, he also forgets his constitutional position as a servant of the Lord, as part of the Lord. This bewildering, fearful condition is affected by the potency for illusion or maya. So when we get absorbed in being the body completely and in life, uh, we're living in it, we can't ignore it completely, but when we get too absorbed in it, that's a source of fear. That causes fear. And the third cause of fear that Prabhupada mentions in the purport to the 10th verse, it says, fear is due to worrying about the future. That's our mind. And we all worry about the future. Or is it just me? Fear is due to worrying about the future. So Krishna creates it. He creates fear and fearlessness. The material energy, maya, illusion, this sense that we are this body and nothing else um, creates fear. And then the last one is fear is caused by worrying about the future. So I'm going to give you three more insights that the Gita gives us about fear. Uh, verse, verse in chapter 18 tells us that through the practice of yoga, and specifically through the practice of bhakti yoga, we should be able to come to the mode of goodness. And the verse tells us that in the mode of goodness, then we will know what ought to be done and what ought not to be done, what is to be feared and what is not to be feared. What is binding and what is liberating. So just by living in the mode of goodness, we get that information. We are, we know what's to be feared and what's to be not to fear. And because everybody is in a different time of their life, place in their life, situation and circumstance in their life, that will change. But the mode of goodness will help you understand it and see it and know it for what it is. So that's an important verse. And here's another interesting verse that um, Krishna gives in the fourth chapter. He says, being, being freed from attachment, fear, and anger, being fully absorbed in me and taking refuge in me, Many became purified by knowledge of me, and they all attained love for me. So being free from attachment, fear, and anger, these are the three big, the three big things we contend with in life, attachment, fear, and anger. And this purport is very interesting, and I, I, I do suggest you all go read these verses and the purports, but Prabhupada says one very interesting thing about fear in this purport. The purport is the commentaries that he gives on, on, the, on the Sanskrit verses. And he says, the fear that this is referring to is the fear of a personal spiritual identity. That some people have that fear of a personal spiritual identity. And that they can't, because of that, acknowledge 
a personal relationship with God, with the Lord. They will tend to be very safe and secure in relating to Krishna in, as, as merging with his energy, as being part of him, as being one with him. But they'll be very fearful to have a personal spiritual identity. That's a whole class in its own right, but I thought that was very interesting. Another fear that we might find lurking around our inner landscape. Okay, and the third verse, very famous verse of the Gita, uh, the 1866 verse, Sarvadharma Pratyagya. Abandon, Krishna says, all varieties of religion and just surrender unto me. I will protect you from all sinful reactions. Do not fear. Now, Remember, Arjuna in the beginning had expressed his fears and particularly about sinful reactions, which means the suffering that we, we get because of the things we do. And Krishna says to him, don't fear. If you surrender, if you trust me, if you follow me, if you really take my advice, I'll protect you. Do not fear. He says, don't fear because Arjuna, he knew Arjuna was afraid. He knew we have a tendency to be afraid. He knew fear is never far away from us in this world. And so he does, and, and there's a beautiful purport, and in that purport, Prabhupada says, when Krishna says, do not fear, he says, don't fear, don't hesitate, don't worry. So that's an invitation. That's an invitation to, and, and a little bit of a clue how, how we can manage our fear. So if we look at Arjuna's formula, and this is a formula that I'll suggest that we can, in our everyday life, deal with the fears that will show up, because they will show up um, in different ways. So the first thing Arjuna does is he speaks them. He, he acknowledges his fear, he, he, he says them out loud. He speaks them to, ideally, another person, a trusted friend. Now, sometimes your fears may be so small that you don't need to speak them out to somebody else, but you should acknowledge them. You should speak to them. You should speak it to yourself, because that's what Arjuna did. Because the minute you identify your fear, it has less of a grip on you. You can, you can hold it, and you can look at it, which is the next thing that Arjuna did he looked at his fear with the help of Krishna. Krishna said, okay, I'm going to tell you a few things, that, and I'm going to help you see the challenge that's ahead of you, the decisions that are ahead of you, the fight that's ahead of you in a different way. I'm going to help you see it from the perspective, ultimately, of the soul. So Arjuna spoke his fear, and then he, he learned more about it. Recently, I, I went to a very interesting talk by um, a man called Daryl, um, and I can't remember his second name, but um, he had done something very interesting in his life. He was, he's African-American, but when he was a young man in college, he was quite threatened and harassed by some white supremacists, uh, members of, of the Ku Klux Klan. And... He said he had a question that circled in his head that he said he needed to get them to answer or he needed to answer himself. How can you hate me if you don't know me? Or how can you fear me if you don't know me? 
right? Because hate and fear are very closely linked. So he, he began to have conversations. He would meet with white supremacists, and he was an African-American man. He'd have these one-on-one -on -one conversations, and he would be trying to answer that question. How can you fear me if you don't know me? He was educating himself. And it changed everything. They both became less fearful of each other and less hateful, some dramatically so. Because he identified his fear, and then he got educated. He talked to somebody about it. He read about it. He had some questions and answer session. So see it, learn more about it. And then the last thing is hold on to Krishna. Because that's what Arjuna did. Fearlessness is never alone. But you can become less fearful when you can hold on particularly to the one who it is said that fear personified is afraid of. So hold on to Krishna, just like a child in a crowded store will hold on to the parent and the child, the parent will still be kind of fearful, but the child himself is totally fearless. I had my own experience of this when I, when I fell um, a few years ago, um, it was just three steps and I missed two of them and I landed and broke two bones in my leg. And for quite a while afterwards, when I would come to the top of a stairs, I was fearful. I would relive it. And that, and that was a small trauma compared to, to what some people have to go through. So I'd be at the top of the stairs, and I would be imagining pain or imagining that I was falling. But I would hold on to the banister, and I would walk down the stairs less fearfully, feeling brave enough and courageous enough to do it. So holding on to Krishna helps us walk through fear and will eventually bring us to fearlessness. The more spiritually advanced you come, become, you get, the less fearful you are because the more spiritually advanced you become much more conscious that you're not the body, that you actually are the person within the body. And your attachment, fear, and anger towards the world lessens. So naturally, those fears lessen. So... Um, how to manage fear, recognize it, speak it out loud, even to yourself in the bathroom, in the shower, or to a picture of Krishna. Educate yourself, find out more about it, ask yourself those questions, why am I afraid, what's going on, and then hold on to Krishna as you, as you walk either down those stairs or up those stairs, whatever you're facing in your life. Now what's good to fear? For spiritual progress, we should fear the material energy. Srila Prabhupada, the founder, said of his disciples and of all of us, we are not fearful enough of Maya. We are not afraid enough of her. So that's a very good fear. If the illusion is the thing that creates fear in our hearts, we should be very fearful of that illusion. So that's a very good thing to fear, the power of the material energy, the power of Krishna's energy to completely give us a false sense of self, our false ego. We need to have a very healthy fear towards that. We should also fear the consequences of our action. In one verse of the Gita, 420, 
Um, Krishna says, if you make a little advancement in this practice, he is going to protect you. He said, I'll protect you from the most dangerous type of fear. And the Acharyas say what he's talking about there is the fear of not taking a human birth. The consequences of how we live our life could end us up in an animal body. Now, that's not on the top 10 list of Google's uh, fears. It's probably not even on our fear list on a regular basis because it's, although we know it philosophically that anything that moves, anything that lives and grows indicates the presence of consciousness. And for us, consciousness is, is the soul, is a, is a person, just deeply covered in different ways by different bodies. But we're told that we should be fearful of that consequence because it's in this body we have this intelligence to ask ourselves, why am I afraid? Prabhupada would often say as the animals were being led to the slaughterhouse, they don't ask that question. Why am I being slaughtered? They don't have that ability. But we have, we have as humans, and we need to be really make sure that we live our life well, that we protect our opportunity to continue to uncover who we are. And the last fear that we're encouraged to be afraid of is to be, for our spiritual life, is to be uh, uh, fearful of offenses, of offending people. And especially of offending those who are really sincere in their practice of God consciousness, of Krishna consciousness, who are really, really um, trying to um, give themselves to this life. Offending in, in, in negative ways or arrogant ways or all the ways that we may have a, a, t a tendency. And offending really means like, you know, I'm more important than you, basically. And we express it in different ways. So we should be really, really careful. That's why the third verse of the, of, of the eight verses that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu gives us, um, tells us, we can't chant the holy name unless we're humble, tolerant, devoid of false prestige, and ready to offer all respects to others. So be fear, be, be conscious of that, and be fearful of offending. Because offending really, really slows down the, the fire of spiritual life. Okay. So, um, lean into fearlessness when you have a chance, right? And you'll get many opportunities. Fear will show up and uh, lean into fearlessness. I had a chance to do that just the other day. And um, I'm preparing for a talk this Tuesday uh, uh, for the interfaith, Potomac Interfaith Thanksgiving uh, event that's happening here at the Mormon Church in Potomac Village. You're all invited. Um, but it's about giving, right? So I've been preparing this talk on Ranti Dave, who's the famous king, who is actually a fearless giver, right? How many of you know the story of Ranti Dave? Oh, okay. Well, in brief, um, he, was, uh, he had done a 40-day fast, and he was just about to sit down and, and eat when, you know, knock, 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 somebody came to the door and was hungry, a, a teacher, a brahmana, and he gave him something, shared his food. And then he was like, okay, great, now I'm going to break my fast and knock, knock, knock. And a, 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 a shopkeeper that he knew who just happened to be passing by and was hungry gave him, said, okay, here, take some food. And then knock, knock, knock again. And it went on for three or four times until finally, you know, showed up at the door was a, was a very poor man with some street dogs with him. And they were all hungry. So he gave them everything and he just had water. And, he, and they all came back because they were actually 
demigods and angels in disguise and they said we just wanted to show how amazing you are that you just gave without any fear of your own needs. So I was preparing that talk and um, a good friend of the family was coming to take my husband to the airport and I just made my husband a nice super green smoothie, a glass for him and a glass for me and I gave him his glass and I was just about to take my glass and there was a knock, knock, knock on the door. <laughs> and, uh, and it was, it was our, he'd come early, um, the devotee who was taking my husband to the airport, Henry, and so um, I was like, come in, come in, come in. In my mind, I was thinking of my drink. I was thinking, you should offer him some. And I was thinking, no, he's not going to want anything. I said, no, 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 you should really share it. No, but it's so early in the morning. <laughs> and I could see it was my Ronte Dave moment. And the good news is I actually rose to the occasion. I leaned into fearlessness and I shared my drink with him. And I was really happy afterwards. So that was just a small moment in life and we get them all the time that we have a choice to to lean in to fearlessness or to or to hold back a little bit so in summary fearlessness is is never alone um, Krishna invites us to lean on him and to walk with him and that's the way we become fearless in this inherently fearful world Right, we'll stop here and we have plenty of time for questions comments. and comments because there's probably lots of things, uh, lots of, of uh, fears and uh, verses about fear that I didn't touch on. Okay, we'll start with Palaka Prabhu and then we, we, we have Balaram. Hare Krishna. So this is a comment that Shiva Prabhupada was in Mayapur with, in his quarters with his more intimate disciples and two cobras came into his bathroom and all the disciples were very, very frightened and they managed to get rid of one but the other one escaped. And so that whole night the devotees didn't want to sleep next to the door, no you sleep next to the door, no, 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 you sleep there. They were afraid that this cobra was going to come back and get them. But the whole time Shul Prabhupada was totally undisturbed, totally not fearful, but his disciples were very fearful. So the next day, Shul Prabhupada gives a Bhagavatam class, and it's very interesting because out of his pure compassion, he lets everyone off the hook for being so afraid. <laughs> and he gives an example how even devotees are afraid, and he gives a psychology of fear. But he explains that the reason is because death is unnatural. Mm. And the soul never dies, but we're the soul. So even devotees have that fear of death. But I think he was being very compassionate to his, you know, more senior disciples who were frightened to death practically. <laughs> Such a nice point. Um, and, and that death really is unnatural. Um, and um, when we can really have a strong realization that we're not the body, death does become less fearful. But nonetheless, um, Prabhupada also says in various lectures that that's the biggest fear of all, even though it comes down number five on the regular list. But uh, death really is the big fear. And we're so afraid of it, that's probably why it's down number five, because nobody wants to even talk about it. Um, but it, 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 it's um, when you do uh, speak at it, especially from, from the point of view of bhakti, it, it becomes a whole different thing. And um, um, I remember one time in Vrindavan, I was returning to Vrindavan, India, where I lived for many years after the summer in America, and I met 
one person who lives there, elderly gentleman, but still very energetic, and I asked him, how are you? And he said, oh, I'm just fine. I'm getting all preparations ready because I'm going to leave my body soon. Yeah. So that's what we say about dying. We call it, we call it leave, leave my body, which reminds me. And I was just struck by how he said it in such a, a fearless way, not fearless, fearless, but just so matter of fact that, you know, it's going to happen and I'm going to get ready for it. It reminds me of another story when my son was really young and I was in Ireland with my mother as she was leaving her body. And she was, he, my son was four years old, or three, I think, and um, he was raised with that language of leaving the body, but it's really outside of maybe um, Indian traditions. It's, you don't say it like that, especially in Ireland and Catholicism. So my sister was coming in, um, that's my sister who's Buddhist anyway, she was coming in, and she said, you know, Gopinath, when he was three years old, he, he just walked up and says, Grandma May just left her body. You know, just like that, right? <laughs> what? So, but um, being comfortable. And, and in fact, my father said to me after all of that, he said that he felt that I, more than the rest of my family, was far more comfortable, he used the word, with the whole dying process, which is what we get when we have a good spiritual practice. We, we get the ability to be able to to walk with Krishna more fearlessly in these situations and to really make these situations work. So thank you for that. Balram. You, you spoke about hold on to Krishna. Um, can you elaborate more on what do you mean by hold on to Krishna and what are some ways to hold on to Krishna in a practical way? Um, Krishna, Krishna. You'll, you'll read a lot of the stories uh, in the Krishna book where literally the devotees of Krishna would cry out for Krishna when they were afraid. So um, it's really, um, sometimes when we're very afraid, it's, we're paralyzed, it's hard for us to, to, to do anything, we freeze. But um, holding on to Krishna, um, in the moment when we, were, when we are afraid, it means calling out his name or calling out Nishringadev's name. Uh, I've had personal experience of that when I've been afraid and I've, I've chanted the mantra that I've felt safe and secure. Um, last month we had the festival of Govardhan Hill when there was a, a terrible rainfall and Krishna lifted the hill and everybody, because all his devotees were calling out to Krishna, help me, help us, we're, we're, we're being attacked, we're being inundated with rain. So being honest and authentic when you have those conversations when you're feeling overwhelmed with fear it's fear like pain can really help us connect with krishna that's the silver lining in fear because we'll we'll call out with such dependence whereas normally we're like okay krishna krishna you know life's good but when we're in difficulty, holding on to Krishna means calling out. Holding on to Krishna also means having good connection with him when we're not afraid. So at those moments and those difficult moments where we have fear, we have pain, we have a sense of loss, a sense of grief, then it's easier to feel Krishna as our friend and as our shelter. Um, there's a nice definition in the, in, 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 in the Gita. One who takes shelter of the Supreme Lord has nothing to fear, even in the midst of the greatest calamity. 
So again, lean into that practice of holding on to Krishna. Sometimes it's just holding on to your beads. I remember being really sick and not being able to chant, but holding on to my beads gave me a sense of safety, made me a little less fearless. So everybody will do it in a different way. But it just means mind, heart, you know, body. Sometimes it means I've got to go to the temple and just sit in front of Madan Mohan for a while to, to feel that shelter. Thank you, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Um, I got couple, two questions. One is that about the fear you mentioned. Sometimes, in my humble opinion, fear is justified. For example, if somebody doesn't know how to swim, you cannot blame him because he doesn't want to jump in the pool or in the ocean. Mm -hmm. So that, that way is justified. And also, uh, speaking of Maya, you mentioned, fearful of Maya because uh, you don't know it can suck you in. Mm -hmm. The Maya is so justified. But other question you mentioned, and which is... Can, which, I, can I just respond to the first yeah. one? about? Um, he, he makes a really good point, which I mentioned earlier, that when you're in the mode of goodness, you know what to fear and what not to fear. And certainly, fear is a good thing. Um, and, and if you don't know how to swim, you should be fearful of the water, and you should be smart enough to realize that. I, I, I'm fearful of crowds. Um, when I went to Srinathji, I don't know if you've been ever to the Srinathji temple, you go in at the back, and then you're just like moved with the crowd up front. And my husband will jump right into the middle of that. He totally loves it. It's like, come on, and I'm at the edge, and I would never do that. And it's not a fear I need to conquer, because I can still get darshan later at a quieter time. I don't need to actually conquer that fear. So some fears we can be afraid of, and we can stay away from them. We don't need to... We don't need to overcome them. Some fears, it may be that we're asked to overcome them. It may be something we have to do, and we know we have to do it, and we're afraid of it, but we need to do it. So having that discrimination means the mode of goodness. Having the ability to say, I don't need to do that. That's fine. I'm afraid of it, and I don't need to be embarrassed that I'm afraid of it. Um, and the other, other times, is, and so that's knowing. Uh, uh, other that. point you mentioned, which I really appreciate that, i give you a real example. It just happened last week. Um, this gentleman I came to know just a year ago, uh, retired uh, in early 70s or so. Uh, he was told that uh, he had a uh, um, disease which is not curable, mm -hmm. would not be cured. And the most time he has is two years, less than two years. Mm. Well, after I met him, I was impressed by his persona, mild, very spiritual, respectable, so on and so forth. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, um, <clears throat> one of my friends, common friends, told me that uh, such and such a uh, friend is homebound now. He cannot go out. He's, he's on an oxygen thing, and his lungs are deteriorating. So, um, and he knew it too. Um, so last week, um, he started going down. Well, before last week, he wanted to have his birthday. It just happened that week before that, he said he wants to have all his friends come over, have celebrate his uh, birthday. 
so on and so forth. So make it to a story short, he has orchestrated his death. Knowing that mm. his death is coming, he was fearless. But he wanted to celebrate his life with his friends mm. and the people he loved, family and friends. And so when he mm. was taken to ICU, he said, no, I don't want to go through that. So he made some choices to stay at home? No, he stayed in the, in the hospital, but moved out of ICU mm. in general room so that he could meet all his friends and say goodbye to him. And so this is a case in point you mentioned. That he was fearless and he was spiritual. He had God in his heart and mind. Mm. And uh, so he was ready to leave this body. Yeah, very nice. Very nice story. Prabhupada also tells the story of Socrates. Um, Prabhupada said he was the only Western philosopher who actually um, had a sense, who understood the presence of the soul. Because when Socrates was being put to death, they asked him, so you know, where would you like your grave to be? Or how would, you know, how, what would you like your grave to be? And he says, well, first of all, you have to kill me before you can put me anywhere. Because um, he was a philosopher. So uh, many people can come to that realization, this Brahman realization that you're not the body, and that makes you fearless. Um, Krishna will, in, will encourage and encourages us in the Gita to just take that fearlessness a little more further. And yes, it's really great to be fearless of death, but it's also better to, to, to know... Where am I going afterwards? And to be really clear in that relationship with Krishna. So we're looking more for fearlessness based on love rather than fearlessness from its own right. Because it's fine to be fearless, but it's not as satisfying as being filled with love because that brings fearlessness. So um, um, that's, again, a whole other topic, but uh, the antidote to a lot of fear is love and affection for ourselves and others. All right, we have a few, uh, we have time for a few more questions. Uh, oh, lady, yes, good, ladies. I forgot about the ladies, um, ladies, men's side. Thank you so much for your talk today. Um, you kind of touched on it just a second earlier, but can you speak um, a bit about how we can use fear to progress our spiritual lives and draw closer to Krishna? Because I think that's really important. Mm. Yes, very good. Well, um, if we want to be a, um, like anything, if you want to get results, you have to, you have to put a fair bit of attention into what you're doing, whether you're cooking a meal or um, writing or creating anything. So, We're on a spiritual path. It's called the path of bhakti, Kevalananda Kanda, and it goes in stages. And we should just be, I think, fearful that we we should become fearful if we if we find ourselves skipping our commitments or not taking our those for those who are initiated our vows so seriously or kind of shying away it, it, it from this idea that that. There's a certain urgency to, um, how to say this, like, there's a saying I used to, my husband coined one time, it says, life is short, but the days are long. So life is short, right? Boom. And in, in this philosophy, we have many lives, and they're over quite fast. 
in, in the great scheme of things. So we, can, we know I can die at any moment. And actually, that's another thing that Prabhupada says is, is people's fear, that fear that death can come at any time and we have no control over it. So life is short. So we have that on one side of our night, but the days are long. And what do we do with ourselves in between those days? And that's, that's when we talk about spiritual life, making sure we should be fearful that we don't um, neglect to spend quality time with Krishna every day. Because it's so easy to get busy in this world. And, and our fear should be that we take him for granted. We take that relationship for granted. That doesn't, mean, that doesn't give us permission to take other relationships for granted and to be neglectful in other areas in our life. But it just means that at the core of things, we, we should really, really want to know this particular Supreme Lord. We call him Krishna, but whatever the tradition is. And we should be fearful that we get too distracted from that. And sometimes our distraction comes and we'll, we'll, we won't bother reading some days or we'll be a little careless about what we eat. Uh, we'll, you know, things will have eggs in it and we'll just kind of say, rom rom maybe, it's nothing I can do about it. We should be fearful of that kind of cutting corners. You know, we should keep our word to ourselves and to Krishna and say, because he's giving us this invitation to step out of this world and this life and this body. And we should make sure every day we remind ourselves of that. So that's, that's spending good time with Krishna every day. And we should just be fearful that we... Uh, we forget how important that is. Yes. I have an example of um, fear, and it's just happened. First of all, welcome home. We miss you a lot. <laughs> um, you were speaking, okay, and my phone ring. Yes. Out of respect to you, or for you, I feel fear of my phone ringing and you reacting because the phone was ringing. <laughs> okay? <laughs> I used to say when I was the principal of the Gurukula in India and I'd go upstairs and all the boys would fly out of the corridors into the classrooms and I would say, yes, they're still afraid of me. <laughs> Thank goodness. Because <laughs> I'm good, healthy fear. So go ahead. So out of respect, I, I feel fear, and, and I saw your face, and I go, oh, my God, here it comes. She's going to tell me something about the phone. But, but it's, it's, it's a fear out of respect. It's mm -hmm. a different fear of being feared. Yes. But, for example, I don't fear about death. I know I'm nearby, it's coming, and I'm ready for it. But the funny thing is when you sit with your wife and your son and say, listen, I'm afraid of because I don't want to leave you guys by yourself, you know, I don't know what's going on. If I die, what's going to happen? The funny thing is you never get compensated back of your fears because they first say, hey, who's going to tell you you're going to die right now? You know, as many years from now, we're going to be fine with whatever. But they don't, they don't grasp the, the, the idea of at any time, any moment, you can take off and what's going to happen to them. So that's fear of fear, but you have the concept clear, but... They don't. How you manage to make sure they get the same amount of, of importance of 
what you're fearing for? Well, you can't really because everybody is different. So, you know, if, if you're a parent, the best you can do is, you know, have healthy fear and awareness yourself of life. And you can't, it, it's kind of like life is short, but the days are long. You can't, if you go around afraid all the time, you'll dysfunction also, you know. Who knows? You know, most of us will live to an old age. Um, we'll make a prayer. There, just yesterday, a young 23-year-old on her way out to Govardhan Hill in Vrindavan, the truck hit the rickshaw, and she was killed. Just like that. 22, beautiful young devotee. So you just don't know, but you can't also live with that all the time. It would drive you nuts. It's one of the reasons we can't remember our last bodies because it would just drive us mad. So there's, you have to manage fear, and you have to manage fear in healthy ways. And the best way, and I'll say this as we're talking about fear, uh, the, the worst thing you can do for your children is be afraid for them, actually. If you're always afraid for your child, and you might think you're expressing your love by being afraid, but if you're always worried and anxious and fearful about your child now or the future or this or that, the message your child is giving is receiving from you the hidden message, but it's loud and clear for your child, is my parents don't really have any confidence in me. They don't trust me. They don't feel like I'm capable to survive or to figure things out. They're just always worried about me. And they don't see that worry as love. They see that worry as... It, it actually disables your, your children. It really, really doesn't give them a lot of confidence in themselves. So less fear there. Um, so keep... My, the whole point of this, I think I was trying to say, was keep fear healthy. There are things to fear. There are things to be fearless of. The things you fear should be the good things to fear for your spiritual life. The, the things in life that make you fearful, hold on to Krishna as you walk through them. Whether it's an operation, whether it's some heavy illness you're dealing with, whether it's people who are suffering around you, whether it's fear of, of a terrorist, you know, there's fears everywhere, right? We're, we're, you can't turn on the news and you think, oh my goodness. Um, even when I heard this this of this accident in India, I was gripped with a certain fear of how, how that could happen to anyone, anywhere, just at that moment. So, um, some people are more fearless than others. You, you, my friend was definitely more fearless than me, or we all have different fears. So having open conversations, having conversations, um, having conversations is really important. And having conversations in your family where you really try to have supper together, maybe once a week without your phones, and, and really ask intentional questions. You know, what are some of the things you're afraid of? If we can create conversations around things that we're afraid of, those things become less fearful. And we get confidence, and we give confidence to our children. So that's what Arjuna did. He had a conversation with Krishna. And Krishna was happy to have a conversation. And Krishna said to him at the end of the Gita, are you ready to make your decision? If not, I'm happy to continue this conversation. We can go over the whole thing again. That's a good friend. That's a good father. That's someone. And in the end, he gave Arjuna the confidence. He says, now you decide what to do. I'm not going to worry about you because you're a smart young man, Arjuna. I mean, Krishna just shows us how to do it. 
all the time. So fear is not going to go away, um, but we can work with it. It can really help us in our life, um, and we can both uh, we can see it. We can we can learn to love it in a certain way. We can certainly fear it in another way, um, but it, it should be a fear that energizes us. Yeah. But it, 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 fear is never pleasant. It's, not, it's an unpleasant feeling. So, you know, I'm not trying to make it romantic here. It's unpleasant. So hold on to Krishna when it happens. Yeah, final, final question or comment? Uh, a comment to that. Um, one of the practices in Buddhism is when any fear comes up, they say that all anxiety, that we are sentient beings and at any moment we get killed, we get smashed. So there's always this low level of anxiousness. So we go buy things, hmm. pay attention to my career, how beautiful you are, whatever it is. Um, but the purpose of fear, so we pay attention. Survival, right. so we can survive. If we're not fearful walking across the road, we'll just, boom. Yes. So it has its purpose so we can live. Mm -hmm. And so their practice is, when they, they have this practice, when fear comes up, they go, oh, I see you, Maya, in the corner. Here's some tea. Have some tea. Come, come in. Right. Because come it's in. there anyway. Have a conversation. And come just sit. to name it, as you said, just releases some of its power, yeah. but not all of it. It's, it's there in us, yeah. I guess. Um, and I just wanted to, that was so beautiful that you said that. Um, and just as a second comment, um, just scientifically, in the neuroscience of when we get stuck in fear, the same way we learn is the same way we get stuck. So if I get stung by 20 bees as a kid, I grew up. Being afraid of bees. The way, the same mechanisms of the brain, yeah. the right side of the brain that learns, also gets us stuck. And so when we are in fear, just short comment, the part of the brain that has compassion and that can relax, the, the, one side of the brain lights up, the other part of the brain goes into default because you flip, you flip your, when they say you flip your lid, it's so you can protect yourself. So by meditating, taking some breaths, chanting, and just getting out of obsessive mind, mm. it, it, shown scientifically, the part of the brain that's compassionate and that has, can love, and, and connect with Krishna or whatever spiritual is lightened when, when we go into a more of a meditative state. Good, good, very nice point and a good, a good place to end. Uh, fear is a huge topic and there's lots of things we didn't cover. Uh, last month we sang all month long the story about how, how Krishna uh, was afraid of his own mother. This is Krishna who's fear personified is afraid of him and he was afraid of his own mother. So there's some beautiful twists on fear in our tradition, read about it, talk to each other about it, have those conversations, um, open up fear in your life. Um, and, uh, and, and in that way, we can together move forward with uh, some strong spiritual connections and solutions. Okay, Srila Prabhupada Ki. Oh, I just got a text from somebody listening to say, Daryl Davis was the name of that uh, African-American uh, blues singer who who was his quest to face that fear. So uh, thank you for the listener.